I'm Damian Bulwa, Director of News at the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, a subject that is difficult to discuss and difficult for us as journalists to report about. The subject is California's pioneering Democratic lawmaker, Dianne Feinstein. In her long career in office, Feinstein became the first female mayor of San Francisco before becoming the first woman sworn in as a California senator. She's fought for protection of the environment and LGBTQ rights, and she passed a landmark national ban on assault weapons that opponents later defeated. At age 88, Feinstein is also the oldest sitting U.S. senator, and now there are questions about her mental fitness for the job. Five members of Congress, four of them Democrats, tell the Chronicle that her memory is rapidly deteriorating and that it appears she can no longer represent the nearly 40 million people of California without her staff doing much of the work. Feinstein declined our request for an interview, but in a statement she said, quote, there's no question I'm still serving and delivering for the people of California, and I'll put my record up against anyone's, end quote. Early this year, the Chronicle's Washington correspondent, Tal Copen, approached Feinstein in the Capitol seeking comment on a big high-tech antitrust bill. Feinstein had expressed concerns about the bill in the Judiciary Committee, and that committee debated the bill for two and a half hours. Twelve days later, on February 1st, Copen asked Feinstein to explain her views on the bill, and she had unusual difficulty. Here is that exchange. What antitrust legislation are you talking about? The one that that Judiciary marked up a few weeks ago um, to crack down on big tech. Well, let let yeah, I'll look into and this. get it. Yep. And then let me look at it and then we'll talk. Okay, thank you. My guests are Tal Copen, the Chronicle's Washington correspondent, and Joe Garofoli, our senior political writer and the host of It's All Political, which is featured on this podcast. Their story on Senator Feinstein can be found now at sfchronicle.com. Tal, I want to start with you. Why is that clip that we just played of you asking a hallway question of the senator significant? You know, I think this is one of those things that perhaps our listeners don't always understand about being in Washington. But one of the beauties of reporting on the Capitol is you can go up to any lawmaker essentially at any time and ask them a question. And it's really uncommon for a senator to just straight up tell you that they don't know what a bill does. It's even less uncommon in the situation that that clip comes from, which just 12 days prior to me asking Senator Feinstein that question, she was part of a two and a half hour long hearing on that very bill that I was asking her about. That hearing, there was a lot of debate uh, on the bill. She actually took a slightly different position than a lot of her Democratic colleagues. Her and Senator Padilla from California had a bit of a different position. There were several amendment votes that they had to vote on. And she had a whole exchange with Senator Klobuchar over her criticism of the bill. And so for her, 12 days later, to not seem to have any idea what bill I was talking about is really unusual. And I asked other members of the Judiciary Committee the same question. And and they gave me a slightly generic answer but they fully understood what bill I was asking about and at least remembered their position on it as opposed to what I encountered with Senator Feinstein. All right, let's get to the heart of this story, Tal. You have several people, and these are largely Democrats, correct, that are telling you that they have concerns about whether Dianne Feinstein is fit to serve. She is, as we said, 88 years old. Tell me about who's 
airing these concerns and what are they? That's right. So actually, several of them are members of Congress. There's a California Democrat uh, who spoke with me after an extended conversation they had with Senator Feinstein, where she not only didn't recognize them initially after them having worked together for over a decade, but even after they introduced themselves, later in that conversation, you know, several minutes later, she would forget again who she was speaking with. And the California Democrat had to reintroduce themselves. And just over the course of this conversation, the California Democrat said that she would continually forget what they had already talked about and ask the same sort of pleasantry questions uh, over and over. I also spoke with four um, current U.S. senators, including three Democrats who are our colleagues, who all told me that the the situation with her memory is, is really bad. And they have doubts about her ability to actually fulfill the job duties that, you know, they perform as, as well. Um, as, as a senator, they know they know it the job best and they they get a pretty close view to it, uh, to her performance. And, and they had some very real concerns. And all of the people that spoke with me, I mean, it was not an easy conversation and it was not like they were excited to share this information. In fact, it was incredibly painful for each and every one of them. They they really respect Senator Feinstein. She's really revered uh, on Capitol Hill. Her tremendous career is is very much respected. Some of these people are consider themselves her friend. Uh, that's why they all requested anonymity of those those closeness and those concerns. But the situation is so bad that they also feel it's necessary to discuss it because her constituents and really everyone have a right to know what the situation actually is. You also write, Tall, that Senator Feinstein's performance is not always the same. It can be up and down. What do you mean by that? Yeah, that's one of the other difficulties of reporting on the issue with her memory because it's not constant. It's not like she never knows what's going on. And there are days where she really does seem sharp and and somewhat like her old self, at least, uh, you know, maybe with a little bit of the passing of time. So that makes it also more difficult because it's not a linear thing that can be tracked. You know, there are times where she is, you know, dare I say it, fairly lucid. And then there are other times where, you know, she she forgets within the span of a conversation or two of the senators told me that they they get the sense that she can't always recognize them fully, that she might look at them and know she should know them, but it she can't fully place who they are. And some of them have served together for a very long time. And Feinstein has had a tremendous career. That is not a mistake she ever would have made in her prime. I mean, it's not like she was always a little bit forgetful. She was sharp. She was extremely in command of details. In fact, we have a clip of her in 2013 being challenged in a hearing by Republican Senator Ted Cruz and and really taking him to task off the cuff. And I think it would be helpful if we could listen to that clip. Senator, I've been on this committee for 20 years. I was a mayor for nine years. I walked in, I saw people shot. I've looked at bodies that have been shot with these weapons. I've seen the bullets that implode. In, in Sandy Hook, youngsters were dismembered. Look, there are other weapons. I've been up, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but after 20 years, I've been up close and personal to the Constitution. I have great respect for it. 
This doesn't mean that weapons of war and the Heller decision clearly points out three exceptions, two of which are pertinent here. Joe, stepping back for a minute, obviously it's extremely sensitive for you and Tall to be asking these questions about a a senator, about her age, about her ability to do their job. I'm sure readers will have questions about that. Why why report the story? Why is it important? Well, on a basic level, uh, Dianne Feinstein represents 40 million Californians. And if she's not doing her job to her best of her abilities, that is a, is a disservice to our fellow residents of California. And, and perhaps because of these issues, uh, she has maintained a very low public profile in the last few years. Let's compare her to California's other senator, Alex Padilla. He's up for re-election this year. He's, he participated in 18 public town halls uh, last year. According to his staff, he did 250 media interviews. Even just in the past couple of months, he's held a couple of town halls in, in February, two events in Sacramento, and two in, in San Francisco. Diane Feinstein, you know, aside from what Tal alluded to, her the uh, conversation she has in the hallways, she's virtually invisible uh, she used to be a staple on Meet the Press and all the the, the weekly shows. She hasn't been on those in years. She rarely does a sit-down interview, rarely does TV interviews. Declined to be interviewed for this story. Declined to be interviewed for this story. And the voters are noticing. Her popularity is is taking a, a nosedive. In, in March, uh, a, a survey from the Public Policy Institute of California found that 36% of likely voters approved of the way she was doing her job. That's down from 44% a year ago. Now remember, for Dianne Feinstein for years was, the, perhaps decades, was California's most popular uh, politician. Um, you know, in 2005, uh, a, a field poll found that 54% of voters approved of her job performance and 26 disapproved. And, and as Tal alluded to, it, let's remember, she is a pioneer. She's been in office since the late 1960s. She was the first female mayor of San Francisco the first woman, along with Barbara Boxer, to be a senator in California. And she held San Francisco together uh, in 1978 after uh, Harvey Milk and the former mayor, George Moscone, were assassinated. She she took over the mayor's job there. So she has, many people look up to her and continue to, to this day. And if I may, I mean, I actually, I quote a staff member who works for a California Democrat in the piece that there's a joke on the Hill We've got a great junior senator in Alex Padilla and an experienced staff in Feinstein's office. And she, anyone you ask on the Hill will tell you she has a tremendous staff. And certainly that's a staff she's built over the years. But the issue is when you talk about voters don't elect a staff, they elect a senator. And there's still a lot that only senators can do. I mean, a lot of work in the Senate still happens in hallway interactions between senators or on the floor or negotiations they have. And at the end of the day, she is still in charge of her office and signing off on what comes out of her office. And if she can't remember what her staff briefed her on the day before, and we actually spoke with three former staffers and they say this has been a problem, that they brief her on things she doesn't remember the next day, she doesn't remember what she signed off on, or she can't follow what they're explaining to her and therefore doesn't sign off on things that really need to go out. It's it's a real problem, even if her staff is very good, even if the office continues to function, there's a real question as to whether the office holder is keeping up with what we would expect from our elected officials. 
Okay, I want to talk about the reaction to what you guys are reporting, but first let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa talking to reporters Tal Copen and Joe Garofoli about concerns about the mental fitness of Senator Dianne Feinstein. Joe, Tal mentioned that the senator did not want to speak to us. She declined to be interviewed for this story, but she did release a statement, right? She did. And uh, let's also remember that her husband, uh, Richard Blum, uh, died uh, in the, uh, towards the end of February And she said, uh, quote, the last year has been extremely painful and distracting to me, flying back and forth to visit my dying husband who passed just a few weeks ago. Uh, But there's no question I'm still serving and delivering for the people of California, and I'll put my record up against anyone's. All right. Some of the people that we spoke to uh, spoke off the record. They did not want to use their names, but people did speak on the record in defense of her. Yes. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi from San Francisco, who is a longtime friend of uh, Senator Feinstein, said Senator Feinstein is a workhorse for the people of California and a respected leader among her colleagues in the Senate. She is constantly traveling between California and the Capitol, working relentlessly to ensure Californians' needs are met and voices are heard. Pelosi added that it was, quote, unconscionable that just weeks after losing her beloved husband and of more than four decades, And after decades of outstanding leadership to our city and state, she is being subjected to these ridiculous attacks that are beneath the dignity in which she has led and the esteem in which she has held, end quote. Uh, On this very podcast a few months ago, we asked, I asked uh, Senator Alex Padilla, who has known uh, Feinstein since the mid-1990s when he worked for her for a bit. He said, I've heard the same, same concerns, concerns, but someone who sees her multiple times a week, including on the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I can tell she's still doing the job and doing it well. But Tal, this isn't the first time that people have brought up these issues around Dianne Feinstein. No, it's not. And, you know, some of our, our listeners may recall in 2020, there was a round of of questions about her, her memory and her ability uh, to serve. That a lot of it was focused on her ability to chair the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, She, at the time, was the top Democrat on the committee. Republicans controlled the Senate, so she wasn't the chair. She was the ranking member. But there was an expectation that in 2020, Democrats could take the Senate, which they did, and she would be in line for the chairmanship. And there were real concerns that floated around then about whether she was up to it. And in fact, uh, she was convinced to, well... The reporting was that she was convinced to step aside, and there was a New Yorker story in December 2020 that reported that Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer had to tell Feinstein more than once that she needed to give up the leadership post because she didn't remember the conversation she'd had with him about it. And, you know, there was, I think, also a pretty famous, uh, if not viral, incident around that time when a group of young climate activists confronted her. I think we also have a clip of that if we want to play it and listen. The government and is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know for the what's people. interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. 
I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I yeah, hear what you're true. saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? I'm 16. I can't vote. you didn't vote for me. Well, so, you know, these, these things have been floating, and certainly the staffers I spoke with about the situation, the former staffers I spoke with, said it has been going on for years. And certainly those of us on the Hill who interact with her on a regular basis, which I have for many years as a reporter uh, in Washington, we have noticed over time that there's forgetfulness. Uh, but I don't think the extent that was described to us for the story of the concerns and the very real feeling that perhaps it is actually time for her not just to give up the chairmanship of a committee, but to consider no longer serving in this office. Uh, these are these are really new and um, I think increasingly serious concerns. Moving ahead, Joe, a lot of people were concerned after a memorial service in San Francisco that that Dianne Feinstein attended and, and spoke at, and that that was sort of at the center of some people's concerns. What happened? This is a uh, a memorial service last June for Ann Halstead, who was the first woman to serve on, on San Francisco's Port Commission and someone that uh, Senator Feinstein has known for a long time. The senator got up to speak. And remember, this is one of her last public appearances, you know, in San Francisco that we can think that, that we know about. She didn't mention Halstead in her initial remarks, but offered sort of generic comments about San Francisco and gave shout outs to other people in the audience, including Pelosi, who she described as, quote, the Democratic leader in the Senate. But moments later, she she backtracked and she joked to Pelosi, oh, Nancy, I've promoted you to the Senate. And the audience kind of laughed, uh, you know, sort of supportively and good-naturedly. But then some were uncomfortable with what they, what they saw. We talked to a number of people who were in the audience. And, and after Feinstein sat down, it, you know, it was clear to many people that she hadn't said anything about the person whose memorial service it was. And there was sort of a ripple through the crowd. And then she was asked to return to the podium, and she spoke about Halstead, and and and, uh, and it was it was a very awkward scene. And, and someone who was there said it was quite disconcerting, and it's clear that she's really over the line. Um, it's one of those little episodes that you know that that make people uncomfortable and raise eyebrows and raise concerns. And yet, Tall, the senator, has continued her work, and, and she participated in the recent confirmation of a Supreme Court justice. That's right, Damien. And I think that's a perfect example of sort of why this is so easy to hide from the public eye, I think, because a lot of what happens in the Senate is extremely scripted. Uh, the past few years taking place during the pandemic, a lot of public engagement has been curtailed. And certainly for someone in their 80s, as Feinstein is, it's perfectly reasonable to be more risk averse about the virus and perhaps interact less with the public. So there's an explanation perhaps for why she might not be out there engaging. But, you know, watching the the Jackson confirmation hearings in particular, I think is a really illustrative example where she 
didn't do anything to publicly embarrass herself in in those questions. She read her questions off a piece of paper and you know, it was a Democratic nominee, so her role wasn't to be an attack dog. It was to, you know, make the nominee look good, essentially. But but we have a little clip of it, and uh, we can listen to it, and then I'll talk a little bit about what struck me listening to it. I just would like to compliment the witness. I think you're doing very well. And as you can see, this is a bit of a tough place. <laughs> Your experience as a trial judge is one of your most significant assets. And I just want to add a personal comment. This is a tough place. Well, I just want to say thank you very much. Uh, this is often a hard place. And how you go through those hard times. So in the span of about 17 minutes, and it's and it's worth mentioning that she had up to 30 minutes. She was, I think, the only senator who did not actually take a full 30-minute questioning. She only took about... Uh, about 17 minutes. But in the span of 17 minutes, three times she told Judge Jackson, you know, how tough a place the Senate was and how well she was doing. I think to anyone watching at home, that seems perfectly benign. But when I was watching it, having had all these conversations over several months now with colleagues of hers who say she's forgetfulness, it really struck me that every time she said it, there was no acknowledgement that she had already said the same thing almost the exact same thing, you know, 10 minutes prior, seven minutes prior. And, you know, when I spoke with with the with the Democratic, the California Democratic member of Congress who had the extended interaction with her, they said it reminded them of, of sort of social and political autopilot, that she's very capable of asking sort of political pleasantries, like what matters to voters in your district? And what's the most important thing you're, you know, working on right now? It was very surface level. And so that was really striking to me about those confirmation hearings is certainly someone watching at home wouldn't be wouldn't watch and think, oh, there's something wrong there. But it definitely reflected to me some of what I'd been hearing from the people who spend a lot of time with her closely. Her current term began in January 2019. Tall, is there any indication whether Feinstein will serve out her term? Is there indication that she will run again? Yeah, she won re-election in 2018, as you point out. And, you know, she had a real challenger for the first time, but for the first time in a long time, I should say, in Kevin DeLeon. But though there were some whispers about this potential issue back then, um, it never really made it to the campaign and she was was reelected. She has filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission uh, that allows her to have sort of a 2024 campaign account active. It's a formality that's sort of necessary for her to be able to continue a fundraising operation. She has not formally declared uh, whether she's running for re-election. But in, in filing that paperwork, she has, has kept the option alive, so to speak, for the time being. Her fundraising operation is largely shut down. Uh, yes. You know, at, at this point of her career, she could be, you know, like a fundraising dynamo given how she is seen as such a pioneering uh, a person in office, but but it really is not happening. Tall and Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks to my guests today. They're Tall Copen, Chronicle Washington correspondent, and Joe Garofoli. He's the Chronicle's senior political writer, the host of It's All Political, which is featured on this podcast. Their story on Senator Feinstein can be found at sfchronicle.com. Please give it a read. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.